build are the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy. As always, this show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications so you and your friends will be the first ones to know when anything breaks, like Tanner McDougal gets called up to the White Sox. When any kind of news breaks, you'll get the push notification. Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. We do have some business to discuss. First things first, uh, Ozzy versus Heyman, who wins in a fight? Oh, Ozzy, I would, no doubt. I, I gotta go. Ozzie. He's got he's like in his sixties. I'm putting. I'm like putting a mortgage on Ozzy. I think they should do a trial by combat where they each get to pick a fighter. So I'm putting a restraining order from John Heyman. I don't want well, any part. For, of that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Ozzy's both yeah. just put both their feet in a nice big vat of quicksand and just shut the hell up because they're. Yeah, most... I mean they. I am not a John. I've actually I stopped following Heyman a long time ago. He I was just, getting a little testy on Twitter too. If you look at his yeah. replies, he was responding yeah. to a lot of trolls on Twitter. Yeah, I'd have to. I don't follow him anymore, so I'd have to look. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's not a big fan favorite in White Sox Twitter. Uh, he's kind of a dick. Um, he also said out loud that he thinks anybody, anytime the batter's hands yeah. move towards the pitcher, it should be called a strike. <laughs> I mean, bye, um, John. Oh man, yeah, no, that yeah. was so immature. It was so unprofessional all the way across the board. But both, it's okay to say both guys were stupidly unprofessional at that. In that, that was kind of embarrassing. And I do like that Ozzy tried to like. Oh, I'm gonna if I put if I put a GoFundMe for some random person that that I, I'm trying to support after all that shit. While you're all here on my page, GoFundMe. I'm not really that bad a person. No, you are. You're, you insulted Rick ah, Renteria. A little biased from Kevin there. No, I want to say it. <laughs> you don't like Ozzy again. Oh, that's, oh, that's a weird. horrible situation. I'm glad Ozzy put that up, but I get what yeah. you're saying, Fitz. I, I understand. You're not. You're not I down. Like the, why, you had to insult Ricky Renteria to insult Tony Larusa. That's where I had the problem. Ricky that, Renteria. Didn't, that was didn't. the. Insult Ricky Rentaria. So tell me because this is because you, you got to get this out of your head, bro. The exchange that you and Kevin had on Twitter, I, and Kevin's like, no, no, no. Even though I didn't see it and you did, and I'm telling you what happened. <laughs> I, this is what I believe. <laughs> he didn't. So Fitz, I'm just telling you, man. Have you watched? Did you watch the rant at all? He could just keep Ricky Renteria's name out of his mouth. That's all. Yeah, but what see. That that's the problem though, Kevin. You you you're wrong here, bud. And you know I love you, and you know I'll tell you when you're, you're wrong here. He wasn't insulting Ricky. If you watch the whole segment, he's saying the White Sox should have never fired Ricky Renteria, the guy he's that saying, he used to openly lobby for his job on, on the air. For that guy. It's not you're taking shit too deep, man. I'm telling you, just you got to take things at the surface level here, though. Ozzy said repeatedly, though, that he's still friends with Ricky, that he respects Tony, like all these things. He's not. I understand the lobbying for his job. Anyway, I get it. He probably is doing it for all I know, but I understand that. But like he in this particular time on that date and time during that segment of the show, he was not insulting Ricky Renteria. Okay. I- well, I don't think he said anything wrong. Like, first off, uh, props to him for the fact he, you're, they're on, uh, you know, NBC Sports Chicago. Right he could easily be fired tonight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything he said, I think, was true. But I think it did kind of come across. Like, I could see how it could be interpreted interpreted as kind of like a cheap and, shot. And I get that. Because get everything that. he was saying about Tony LaRusso was, like, how dead and lifeless this team looks, how they lack accountability, which is problems we heard, like, when LaRusso was manager, too. I know Dallas Keuchel came out and was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this clubhouse has – a lot of accountability problems. So I think it kind of was a veiled shot 
at Ricky as he was trying to drag down. I guess, That's how I, I, I did. I didn't see it that way. I saw it as basically, why would you fire Ricky if you're just going to bring in this guy that this lifeless person to take over? If this is what you're going to replace him with, like he he said twice though too during the segment, they should have never fired Ricky if this is what the replacement was, because he said. I mean, that's all he was saying. No, yeah. I don't think it was like, like if, you're sitting there, if you're talking about all the things that are wrong with that clubhouse, and then you say Tony Russo, I get that part. I get I, so that I get I, that, that that all that shits because you're shitty. Like because if he was saying all these other things that were positive, and then he goes Rick, Rick, he's Rick, Ricky Renteria without a uh, without a World Series or without a whatever, then that would come across as as a, not a knock. It would be as a compliment. But because he was going negative, 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 and then he throws that in. How can it not be interpreted as this guess, is? You, no. It's like saying like you know you you play basketball like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you just I have see, to watch it, right? Yeah, and I and <laughs> I mean I guess it's open to interpretation, and we see that a lot. I just don't. I didn't see it as a shot at Ricky at all. I think the other almost, thing, the other thing with Ozzy too, like there's been plenty of times where he's stuck up for Tony Larusa. Oh yeah, he, he yeah. was one of the first people to defend him when he got hired, and I and I don't think, and that's why I give him like because the Heyman thing was very unprofessional of him, but that's just kind of like who Ozzy is. That's been his mo. But everything he said in that post game show has been what fans have been saying for weeks now. Like he, there was no yeah. no lies detected during that entire rant, um, and I think because he's gone on the record to defend Tony, and I think he de- like honestly does look at him like as a mentor. You know, it was personal for him, and so kind of flew off the handle there, but. I mean, everything he said was true. He he literally said what I've been saying on the show for almost a month. And he even brought up, like, they do the cameras to yeah. the dugout, and it looks like life was something. Like, bro, that's like word for word. Ozzy watches the show. But anyways, <laughs> I was just like, it, it it's gotten to that point. And, I mean, you get these Bob Nightingale reports, and although you brought it up a bunch of times where fans in general, but in this case White Sox fans, they like to cherry pick from Bob on what they take as real news and what they take. If Bob said there's a rumor, go a strong rumor going around right now that Juan Soto is coming to the White Sox next year. Everyone would be like, Bob's the inside guy. Bob talks to them all. Bob knows it all. He's right. He's got this. Bob says that there's shit going sideways in this locker room. It's Bob doesn't know shit. Yep. Bob's talking out of his ass, but then think about it for a second though, with a report like this from Bob, if his, his source is Kenny and, and Jerry, Jerry. Well, he said it was. He said on the uh, 670, the scores from other players is where he's going. Other players were like talking about it, which th- that I do believe because you know a team like the White Sox. I, I think the quote was like, uh, "Like players were going around like, yo, like what's going on?" And players in the White Sox were telling him this. Right, but so. what I'm saying though is, for a guy who literally makes his money off of intel from Kenny Williams and Jerry Reinsdorf, where does he benefit? By putting out this information, right? Uh, well, yeah, no, that was the. Unless at this point, I mean, Sox fans should should know by now. We know national reporters like who their people are. Like we know, you know, John Heyman. Who's this guy? It's always going to be Boris. You know, Boris needs mm-hmm. some. So he needs to hype up his free agents. He'll go to Heyman. Heyman will tweet stuff out. That's one this of the reasons why I following him because everything just, it, it gotten so bad. Anything inside White Sox that has happened since I like started like paying attention on a daily basis to like mm-hmm. baseball news stuff has been from Bob Nightingale. Who has who, his two like guys are Jerry Reinsdorf and Kenny Williams. Yes. Who was the first guy who even brought up the possibility that Tony Larusa was going to be fired by the White Sox? White Sox win. Oh, there you go. Good vibes. Let's go. Split. That was we're split. back, baby, for yep. the Liam, tenth Liam, time this season. <laughs> Liam Hendricks actually. Came, Liam Hendricks actually got to come in and get a save. There you go. Oh. There you go. And he actually, looked, he actually looked pretty good doing it, striking mother truckers out. But go and ahead. Although what you said too, it at the same time, it, you, you, okay. And I call we call these Eddie Haskells. You, you look at a clubhouse and you hope that you don't have Eddie Haskells. And if those of you, because you guys are all young. I've never seen Leave It to Beaver. Um, Eddie Haskell is a character on Leave It to Beaver that is when the parents are around, the adults are around. He's like the the most honest, the 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 Boy Scout, the the best kid, always the best behavior. All the adults love him. But why can't you be more like Eddie Haskell? And the minute the adults leave the room, <laughs> he's like the worst. He's evil. He's the worst person in the entire world. 
And so we always call it, if you get an Eddie Haskell in the clubhouse, it could destroy everything. And in this clubhouse, we saw it last year. They were pumped. They were having fun. They were having a blast. The old guy, Tony La Russa, was there when they were having just as much fun. So obviously, he wasn't discouraging it. And now this year, they're not doing the same thing. And now all of a sudden, Tony La Russa told him to stop doing it because he yelled at Yerman Mercedes last year. That's not how it works. But someone in that clubhouse has changed the dynamic. And this is where I guess I'm leading this because I told you guys I had my, I have a suspect. And it's not who you guys think. I think the Eddie Haskell in this clubhouse is no longer in the clubhouse. And it's not Ozzy, even though I was joking about that earlier. Dallas. People, I think Dallas Keuchel planted a seed over the last year and a half, and Dallas Keuchel's stench has still permeated. And it, you can't eradicate something that's spoiled. It takes a while to get... Like, if you leave something in your fucking fridge and you lose it and you don't know where the hell it is and it goes spoils and it goes bad and your fridge smells, there's not enough baking soda in a box to get rid of that immediately. It takes a while to purge that shit too. And I think that Dallas Keuchel left his stench. He, he left his leavings on the White Sox for being the shittiest teammate I can remember in a long time uh, observing any team. Um, and he's probably doing it now wherever he's at in Arizona. He got lit by, he got gave up a, a RBI single to your Mercedes yesterday in a weird, weird. And a home screen. Anyway, so, but I think that personally, there's there's an Eddie Haskell that's leaking. That someone tells another clubhouse, maybe maybe it was Keiko left and then started running his fucking mouth. Whatever it is, somebody is in this clubhouse that might be under the influence of, say, still a Dallas Keiko. You think the Dallas Keiko doesn't text some of these guys still? You think he's not just being a douchebag, even though he left the White Sox, he's going to stop being a douchebag? I, I think that there's some problems here that there are one or two people in the clubhouse. And I, I you know, I, I initially maybe because he's new guy, I might have blamed AJ Pollock and I've been guaranteed that it's definitely not AJ Pollock. Great dude. And so that was just guilt by association. But what is it in the clubhouse that changed from this year to last year? And you got to look at the change in dynamics or the winning percentage. That's the biggest yeah, thing. Thank I mean, you. That's what it is. You're not going to be having fun <laughs> when you're, when you're losing this many games, the plain and simple. Um, but they haven't even lost that many games. They're 500. I mean, it's not like it, it's not like they're they were worlds, to do, though, in, in a big market like yeah. Chicago. Like, it's like they're, they're like World Series contenders, yeah. Kevin. They're not even at 500. In <laughs> the I mean, worst division in baseball, too. Like, second, second, second worst, second worst, second no, worst. Record wise, the AL Central is the worst division in baseball. Second worst in head to head when you look at the head to head matchups between the Central and the Central. AL Central has dominance over the NL Central. So. But uh, uh, I mean, yeah, no, I, but you have to understand, image, as Steve Stone said, and like the just going circling back and I guess putting a bow on the whole Nightingale stuff. And uh, I mean, even before him, Steve Stone, who you know works for the team, he was calling out or questioning the leadership for the team. So, like, it's this it wasn't just like a one time national reporter getting stuff from other, like, this is like it obviously a known thing within the organization if you have. Mm -hmm. You're well respected, even though he's a dickhead to some fans. I mean, <laughs> fans yeah, are annoyed I mean, by him. Uh, he's you have one of your you know well respected voices going on, uh, you know, number one, number two, whatever right. radio station in the city, being like, yeah, no, there's probably some uh, leadership issues. So and I it's a you thing. can you can see why because like the accountability thing has come up a bunch. Like when Rick Renteria was a manager, same with Tony LaRusso, it's yep. carried over. And you yep. ask yourself, like, who are the leaders on this team? Like Dallas Keuchel, I think, was brought in because he was supposed to be a leader on the team. Clearly, he wasn't. Lance Lynn, I think, is. But when you're throwing once every five days, it's like hard. To, like yeah, it yeah. has to be position guy. Yeah, Jose Abreu, I don't think it's in his personality. He's just more of a lead by example guy. Tim, I mean, who who knows at this point? Grandal's out. Like, there's no. I, I don't know. I. I'm sorry. I, I'm not laughing at your point, Mitch. I'm just laughing because all of a sudden the, the little dog just popped into my screen. <laughs> right, just like in yeah, it's just, she's just chilling. You oh, brought girl. up Tim Anderson, Mitch, and like I think that's another big thing. Like, who's the guy who's like the energy guy? Who's the guy, you know, hyping everybody up? It's and always been Tim Anderson. Lifeless out there. Lifeless. Brother. And I mean, things. <laughs> he got some things going on. Right. You yeah. know, and, like, it's always that video. Talk like about that, guys the Twitter video that everyone's bringing up, like the, the, the announcement, the fact he didn't stand up, like everyone in the locker room stopped. To, like what they were doing pregame, to you know, acknowledge his accomplishment and he just slumped back in his chair. He's unimpressed. The fact that he just got named an all star starter. Like that's a big deal. And yeah, he doesn't yeah. give a shit. He doesn't even stand up. And someone told him to stand up, and he just blows like that. Ah, this this goes, okay, so Tanner. Tanner actually kind of touched on this too. Some of these guys don't know how to lose. They've never lost. Yeah, they oh, don't know how. They don't know how to lose. And some of these, these guys, veterans do. But yeah, but, but a few. Well, yeah, but not a lot. Of, not not Eloy. Not Luis Robert. 
not AJ Pollock, not, I mean, these guys are all coming from other places. And the fact is these guys come up, look, I'm sorry. I'm going to say this. This is why I really actually do like what the Cubs are doing with the minor league organization right now is they are stressing winning the goddamn thing at every fucking level. The White Sox at feel like with these prospects has just been a developmental ground. And hey, who gives a shit? Win or lose. Go get your reps in. Go get your four at bats. Go home. Who cares? We lost 10 to two. So what? And if you're going through a system like that where it's not stressed, when you get to the show, you don't, you know, now all of a sudden it does fucking matter. And now it really does matter. And now you're losing. You're like, oh, I don't know what to, like, it actually matters. Like, holy shit, winning and losing, actually, this is it. If I don't win, there's no higher level. I'm not going to a, a fifth level. It's zit. And some of these guys aren't handling it well because they've never actually gotten down and dirty in the mud and learned how to, like, dust themselves off and actually get right back on the gosh darn horse. Some guys can't. But, but they don't, and it shows when they're, when they look, their body language tells you everything. And I know, although you hate when I bring up body language, this is exactly why body language matters. Uh, but I mean, look where the White Sox are now after salvaging a split in this series, which I did not think was going to happen. Uh, they go and now they get a, a four game series in Minnesota before the all-star break. They can win three out of those four games. They go into the break, like two, two and a half games out of first place in the division. Yep. That changes and everything. Days off to marinate on it too. That changes everything because if you're two games out of the division at the break, your plan of attack at the trade deadline shifts. Oh yeah. I mean, because if it goes the other way, and they get swept, let's worst case scenario, they get Oof. swept. Now they're what nine games back. Now your 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 trade to that it, that sh- it, this is a big four games right here. I like know this, we've been this saying is how it about huge. this is how huge it is. Just like the one game, if the White Sox go in, like you said, if they win three or four, they make up two games. Right now, they're five games out heading into that series. Yep. So let's say they make up two games, they're three games back. If yep. they split, they're just right where they were when they came in, five games back. Not the worst, but at that point, Lawrence Holmes just made a great point. At that point, if you just split, you're just burning games off the schedule. You like know they're going in there and didn't take advantage. It's, it's been the story of that White Sox. You already, if I had to place a significant bet, they're, they're going to split that series. It's just for you guys as White Sox fans too, because uh, until oh, you just touched on it too, like yeah, maybe they sweep. Okay, just go with me here on the positive train, right? They sweep and they're down two games going into the All Star break. No, everybody. If they sweep, one, they'd be oh. one game out. Okay, so so say they do that, or maybe they win three. Is it four? It's a four game set, right? Yeah, yeah. So take three or four, right? So we'll just say three or four. Be like yeah, optimistically, like realistic. Two games back. Um, will all of the huffing and hewing and hawing about Dylan Cease not being in the All Star game actually come back to benefit the White Sox because he gets to shut it down for a few days and I actually rest and relax? It's going to be an it's actually a blessing. Maybe next year he can go. This year there's so much at stake. I don't think it's a bad thing that the White Sox kind of flew into the All Star game a little bit under radar and really they're not sending a lot of dudes, so these dudes can actually shut it down and reclear the mechanism and come back. Second half is like it's a a whole new semester, right? I mean, the grades don't change, unfortunately, but you can kind of turn that page a little oh, bit. I, and, and nothing along with having a chip on your shoulder, too. You know, right. that's a little extra motivation. And then for the pitching staff, I know they're like they're talking about clicks in the clubhouse. It was fun trying to go through find the click. I know the pitching staff, like they're all like the starters, all seem like pretty close. Yeah, yeah it's all extra everything. motivation for them. Too. I'm not saying that's a click, but like now, now you got like a rallying point too. Like our our guy got screwed over. You know, he's got an extra chip on his shoulder. That could be. You're right. I think it could be a blessing in disguise. Uh-huh. I mean, that's for those guys too. And you 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 want these guys? To, I you said it too. The FTW should be the motto for the White Sox for the rest of the rest of the season. Fuck the world. We're coming for everybody. FTW. Let's go. And if if you can buy that. You've got to give. You've got to have something to grasp onto. You, you as as a as a team as a unit. There's got to be some sort of collective cry that everybody rallies together to do. And I don't think they the White Sox have found the, the I'm same. Gonna path. Be that guy. I'm going to be oh, that no. guy right now. Wow. I'm with you with the the fuck the world stuff. I just don't see a guy like Tony La Russa being the leader of a team that's motto is fuck the world. Hmm. I, I, yeah. <laughs> He's a guy that tr- like tried to fight Dusty Baker multiple times. I mean, he's like 20 yeah, years, ago, years ago, Kevin. 20 years ago, Kevin. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying, man. He had man. some beef with him last oh, year in October, too. You got to stop with that, man. Uh, I know you love Tony LaRusso and his Cardinals days, but, dude, come on. It's just it, – I just – I don't see Tony – he he's saying the right things again in this pregame tonight. He was saying, I've never wanted to win more in my life and all this other stuff, and – 
it, it's great, but then we're getting reports from Shane Reardon from 670 Score, who has also proven to have good sources inside the organization, said Tony's making it to the All-Star break, but not the second half of the season. But he also said in the – he replied very quickly to his tweet, he's not going to get fired. So – Maybe Tony's well, done. That's the only way it's happening is if Tony's I, this, done. And we've said that we've said that yeah multiple times on this show. But maybe yeah. Tony is taking a step back and just like I'm too old for this shit, man. Like good. I mean, by the way, and with that being said, him. like yes. absolutely. With that being said, it's still on the like at the end of the day, Tony Russo like matters sometimes like on the fringes. But it's it's all up to the players and the talent. Oh, and, staying, yes. and unfortunately, oh, yeah. staying healthy. Which, I mean, Eloy. Again, 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 again. He pulled up. Apparently, it's just tightness, but like you said, I mean, in all reality, those don't mean shit. So, was it his right leg that was injured the first time, or is that his left? I don't know. I don't know. What part of him wasn't injured? That's the yeah. I'm I'm gonna say. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing, Eloy coming back. He, I, I know he had that home run against the Twins. But he really, I know he had like he's a, been struggling too. He's been like been 190 or something like that. Like he's struggling. I don't know why they had Vaughn behind him in the lineup. They should have flipped that. And Eloy should have been DH. You know but, what? I have to, I have to bring this up. Uh, I think we talked about it like two weeks ago, right before uh, one of the last All Star uh, voting stuff came out. Mm-hmm. We put the pinwheels and Ivy Jinx on Andrew Vaughn. He's been struggling he just, a little, dude. He's hitting <laughs> fucking hazel rockets. He's hitting it hard. Yeah. The, the bat of bad luck. Yeah, he's got the bad pit, bad luck. That's where he's at. But, hey, they got seven innings out of Lucas Giolito. If he's back, that's huge for the White Sox. He uh, actually, so I, so he's been good his last two ones. His Tigers start, like the line didn't show it, but he pitched well in that game too. They just kind of let him hang out to dry a bit too long. Yeah, he went, he sucks, but, uh, he went six, six and a third, no earned runs. He only gave up five hits, five strikeouts. He only walked one guy, which is very That's dude, yeah. Uh, 91 pitches, 59 for strikes. That was like perfect timing because it came up on the post game show as we were talking about this. But, um, no, which, I mean, if did he get hurt? Was it his right? It was his right, wasn't it? Pre- who, previous, Eloy? yeah, I believe, yeah, I believe it was literally right. the answer to which leg did he, Eloy hurt is yes. He's hurt, <laughs> I mean, he's hurt both, whatever, but yeah, if they can get right. Lucas Gilio, if they can get Michael Kopik straightened out, which I'm sure they will, I'm you know that arm is still not a hundred percent. He's still producing though, which is yeah. amazing. He just has that one bad inning, and then he he'll go six more solid. But people just harp on the one because well, actually, it just yeah. I mean, that all, <laughs> one person when your offense isn't scoring, one bad inning can cost your team a game. But uh, yeah. I mean, they got Cy Cueto. On the mound tomorrow to start off the series versus uh, American League team. An American League team. He should thrive. Uh, I mean, Cueto's been what a pickup that guy's been. Just don't, just do not throw him against a National League team. That's all. That's all you got to right. do. So when you That's get to fine. the World Series, Cueto off the staff. That's fine. Especially the Dodgers. You don't um, want to the other big thing though was seeing Liam Hendricks come out tonight and just mow Liam Hendricks and his. He's twelve up, twelve down. The last twelve batters he's faced. Thank God that well, yeah, you know, knock on wood. There's some issues. The arm rumors, the the TJ rumors are floating yeah. around. Oh, I know. I I've, I've never been so happy to be wrong. Oh, when he came back against the Twins and he struck out the heart of their order too. Right. Three struck out the side. It's like, oh, he's so back, which is good to see because yep. look well, who's turning there for a while. Now this crazy asshole's talking about pitching for Australia in the World Baseball Classic. It's like, bro, please, <laughs> oh, please, oh, Someone tie him up. Like, no, dude. Like, I get, oh, man, please don't do that. But Jose Abreu's hitting 300. I mean, Luis Robert, I, it, it's gotten to the point where it's absolutely comical to me. If he doesn't hit, like, a double or a home run at every at-bat, there's, like, 30 tweets. Like, Luis Robert sucks. It's like, holy shit. You got to calm down. Uh, Luis if Robert he didn't come fine. in as hyped up as the next Mike Trout, and he's going to be like, I mean, we we put pretty big expectations on him too, just because of the skill set there. But like, if it was anyone else, if it was Danny Mendick hitting this way, be like, this guy, he's raking out there. I mean, it's just because of the expectations. Yeah, and then, I mean, Josh Harrison's been doing exactly what they brought him into now. I mean, he's producing. He's not been stellar yet. Is he winning uh, over yet? So he had an error. Uh, he had an error tonight, but. That's why the how the Guardians got their one run. But again, so you got Harrison, 
you got to think Tim Anderson, he's got to, I don't know if he's got to go talk to somebody or what's going on with him. He's just a ground ball double play machine right now. He'll, he'll give his one hit a game still. It's just, I don't know. He, he don't, He's going to benefit from getting out of that locker room and getting into an all-star clubhouse and hanging around with a bunch of elites. That's that's yeah, be honest here. That's going to bring. Fair. And I think that's fair. You have a good but vacation. That's the only people he's hanging out with. Yeah, Yoan Mankata. Yoan, I'm going to sweep that under the rug. Yoan Mankata, uh, he's hitting well, especially with runners in scoring position, which the White Sox need. Hey guys, I'm not going to get into the details of it, <laughs> but when there's personal stuff, you have to imagine. At some point, he's thinking about something. He looks. He, he looks nothing no, like the you, player that he's been. No, you're right. For some reason. <laughs> Keep bringing it up. It keeps cracking me. Up. No, it's uh, watch looks, out for the creek chasers. No, he like, looks very distracted. Like, like he he's looks, literally his he batting does. line. I don't know what he did tonight. He had one hit. That's what he does. He gets like, one hit a game. He was comparable to what Nick Madrigal was doing with the Cubs this year. He was hitting like 230 with a 250 on base and like a 260 slugging. Terrible since he's come back. Oh, he hasn't even sniffed like a fly ball to the warning track. It's all ground balls or line drives right over the second or shortstop's head. And I think but, it's the it's the annoying. And that's approach. fine, but it's just it, it it's not. It doesn't feel like Tim Anderson right now. Like, yeah, it, something feels very off about everything. I mean, luckily Howard Ankin. That's who we're blaming. Yeah. Yeah, for the <laughs> for the White Sox, you know, luckily, like I said, Jose Abreu now he's back a 300 hitter, uh, and then Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn's hitting the ball really hard. Um, AJ Pollock's been coming alive a little bit here for the White Sox. Made a really good defensive play. Evan uh, Sheets too has been sneaky good ever since he went down back. to AAA and worked with their hitting coach. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that interview? Yeah. I someone tweeted. Someone tweeted out that interview, and oh my goodness! Oh, See, I don't no. think say this though. Firing Frank Manichino at this point of the season, it's not going to do him any good. Like it's hard to make adjustments in season anyway. Like firing the hitting coach. I, I think the Cubs did it a couple years back too. Like, I don't think it really. Chili. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, um, I'm sure he's part of the problem, but I don't think firing him now does us any good. Yeah, Tim Anderson has 51 at bats. He has 10 hits in July. Uh, I mean, he's still batting two. He's still batting two fifty on the year. Tim Anderson has not hit a home run this year. This month. This month, sorry. This yes, month. <laughs> I was gonna say, come on, so come on. Yeah, no, this month. No, but it's been it's been ever since he's come, he's come back from the injured list. He hasn't. I think he's hit one home run, maybe. He's got five home, or he's got Jesus. Where am I? Five home runs this season. Twenty-one RBIs. Uh, he's actually batting. Oh, I'm sorry. Tim Anderson's batting 310 right now. He was batting 250. That was just today. He was, I think he was batting like 360 when he came back. Yeah, he's batting 310. I mean, it's just, I don't know though. It's just his. It, it just feels off. As someone that watches every game, all this shit, it just feels off. And I, I know it's easy to just sit here and blame like, oh, it's all this off the field shit. But I mean, you, I feel like you'd be kind of naive not to. You know what I mean? It's it's got to be. I do have to say this Cleveland series. I forget. I think it might have been the first game of the doubleheader. He hit three very hard balls. I think two of them did go out to the warning track. I mean, and that's the mo on him. Everybody knows that for the most part, he's going to try to take every pitch to right field. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a thing of like teams are just positioned. All right, fine, Yumper. Fidge, you did all the homework. (laughs) Who are the Sox and the Cubs taking in the draft? Oh, uh, I actually am reading another mock draft um, that well, who I do just you think they're going to take. Extremely yeah, who is your guy? I know we could I all got, look up. We could all look up mock drafts. Who okay, do you so think they're going to the take? Cubs, the Cubs are drafting seventh, so it really depends on how the draft flushes out. Seems um, like there's some talent in this draft. There, there is. Like, like what, what, what Tanner actually said, talking about the kid from Georgia. Um, what's his name? Um, Tamar. No, 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 Tamar. No, yeah, uh, Tamar. Tamar. Tamar, Tamar Johnson, yeah. His shortstop out of Mays High. Um, going to the Pirates, that's a good one. I mean, this draft, if you think about it, too, you've got obviously a lot of pedigree, so you've got a lot of people. I've seen a guy, the guy Brooks Lee, projected to go to the Cubs, and on this mock draft, I see him projected to go first overall. Um, mm-hmm. And um, he's he's just weird. Nobody knows what Baltimore is going to do, so Baltimore kind of holds this whole card with that first pick that it kind of is going to set everything in motion. But for me, I have two guys that I'm really high on in the Cubs, and I really hope they fall. Obviously, there's no way that Drew Jones, there's no way that Jackson Holiday, and there's no way that the Tamar Johnson's going to drop um, to the Cubs. But I'm a huge, 
huge fan of his name's Cam Collier. He's a 17 year old kid. He actually left high school as a sophomore, followed the Bryce Harper route, uh, and played a 17 his junior whatever is a 17 year old played junior college baseball this past year and played really well with competition at a uh, Chippewa College um, and. He, uh, it's one of the best programs in the country. They played high level baseball and he was one of their best players. And, you know, if he were to fall for the Cubs to the Cubs, this is the thing I like about it most is obviously his, his age, he's going to be drafted by the Cubs. He's going to be 17. He's not, he's, it's very rare that in the U S you get like a kid that went through the high school system and whatever in the U S that you can take it that age, you can get it in an international draft. It's much easier, but this is a kid that's going to have a high ceiling and so much time to develop. He's already got a seven, 70 plus arm. He's a third baseman. Um, he's a good defender. He's six, two. He's going to grow some more. I mean, he's only 17. He's still going to fill out into that man muscle. And so that's one. And I, so I like that. So if this somehow falls to the Cubs there now, Louisville, he's committed to Louisville, but pay the guy. He won't go to Louisville. You give him money, give him, give him his slot. We're good. Um, or, and there's, this is a little, this, I made a joke about Jed being, you know, pretending to be the smartest guy in the room. But I actually do think that it was kind of a kind of a, a kind of a dig at him. But there's a player that I'm high on as well. That's he's projected actually like somewhere between ten and twenty. But I think is is a steal to get now. His name is Dylan Lesko. He's a right-handed pitcher out of Buford, Georgia. He's a high school kid. Again, another high school kid. But every scout that I've talked to says it's the best changeup they've ever seen from a high school kid ever in their career. Whether they're young, old scouts, all of them that have seen this kid say he has the best changeup they have ever seen from a high school kid. It's almost every single one of them. And I've heard he throws somewhere between 94, 96. He was touching 97. The big thing about him that makes him drop a little bit in the draft, and this doesn't scare me at all, is that he went underwent Tommy John surgery in April. Now, the big comp that I, you know, I know Tanner said he hates comps. The comp that I've been seeing a lot is Lucas Giolito, um, who went 16th overall in 2012 to the Nats. And through one, what, one inning um, in, in the summer and blew his elbow out. Whereas this kid had the same thing. He got a little tightness in the forearm. And they said, you know what? It's, it's, it's a minor procedure for you. We're going to go ahead and just go ahead and do it now. So he might fall because of fear. But Tommy John doesn't scare me as much as it might scare some others. I think that if Dylan Lesko, I mean, if, if they can't get Collier, I would be ecstatic if they if they uh, drafted the Lesko kid. I know he's projected somewhere between 10 and 20. But it's actually, I think, a really good pick. That's for the Cubs. Now, with the White Sox, Tanner touched on the guy. Now, I know you guys are making fun of me because you're seeing a different mock draft. The last mock draft I had had him going 28th. If the, if Justin Crawford, the kid that uh, Tanner was talking about, Carl Crawford's son from Bishop Gorman High School here in Vegas, is available with the White Sox, what, 27th pick? Uh, 26. 26th pick, excuse me. They have to take him. They have to take him. This is this is my Bryson Stott moment. This is my Andrew Vaughn moment. This is my Colson Montgomery moment. If that kid is available and the White Sox don't take him, burn the house down because they're fucking stupid. Um, he is he runs a six one sixty. He's a fantastic defender. Um, his arm is going to continue to grow, but he he is a he would be a very good get in that bottom third of the draft. And I think that he's going to be a very good major league baseball player one day. Uh, MLB Pipeline, they had their latest mock draft come out Wednesday night. They have Collier going seven uh, to the Cubs. Uh, and then really? this is the name I brought up right before we started to record. Uh, what do you have? You, have you even heard of this name, uh, Kevin? You'll you know a lot better than me. Uh, they have White Sox number 26 overall, Tucker Tommen, Toman, third baseman, Hammond High School, South Carolina. Interesting. He's been projected down like the bottom 30s. Do uh, here's drafts and let's see. Hold on. Uh, White Sox showed they were willing to change direction from previous drafts and look at prep bats like they did in taking Colson Montgomery last year in the first round. Okay. That'd be a stretch. I don't think Tucker Tolman falls into that first that that top. So that's at twenty six, and I think they have him overall ranked as the thirty fifth uh, ranked uh, draft prospect. I guess. Well, here's the monkey wrench in all of this, by the way. If the medicals come back, I think most of these teams, anywhere between uh, even the Cubs too, probably Kumar Rocker. If his medicals come back, you you take Kumar Rocker. You take mm -hmm. him. I mean, he's he's going to be as close to major league ready almost at this point. I mean, he threw pretty well in the independent league, just kind of burning time or whatever. I, I that's a guy that if his medicals come back clear, you got to you pounce. That kid, that guy's going to be a freak show, and, and he's but if the medicals don't look good, obviously you don't just take him because of a name. You, they've got to come back. Um, and yeah, uh, someone has Kamar Rocker on there as well uh, in the chat. Now I'm seeing that, but 
Kamar Rockers, you know, he got drafted by the Mets last year, 10th overall pick, and he didn't sign and they didn't like his post-draft physical, so they stuck away from him. This is the Mets, of course, that also gave us Pete Crow Armstrong for Javi Baez rental. So Mets don't always make the best decisions. Um, so, you know, he's got a number two upside starter. So there's a guy I'd look for the White Sox. And there's another guy, too, that might fall to the White Sox. And if he does, it's not a bad thing either. Um, but uh, his name is, um, where'd he go? Shit. Brock Jones. Brock Jones, if he's somehow available, um, he had a really rough start for Stanford this year, but you're looking at more of a Vaughn type guy, uh, except as an outfielder, more mature bat. Um, he's a guy that projected to be a, a top five pick until he struggled at the beginning of the season. So I would take, you know, guys that struggle, I'm still looking at stuff and looking at talent and with at tools. If Brock Jones somehow slides down a little bit because of his slow start and his numbers don't look great statistically, for Stanford, he's another guy that you can you can really hop on and be very happy with because I think he'll make a uh, he'll he'll be, he'll be pretty close already. So with the I wanted to ask you this, Kevin. Uh, so the Cubs drafting at seven, unless they could do like something completely wild, like who knows? Uh, is there any one player who, if they take this guy that you've seen maybe mocked around that area, uh, that you would be like, eh, I don't know about this. I saw this. That's a big old dog. <laughs> saw some dog cornhole right there. Yep. Is there a guy that around that spot that that I that that you like? If the Cubs take that guy, you're like, uh, I don't know about that one. Like that. Or the Sox maybe too. Or I the mean, Sox. do you have a guy like Vaughn or like one of these guys that you're like, this is that dude, Crawford? But that, that, that's the I, Crawford is. Oh, that yeah, he already went over that, so he oh, already yeah. put oh, okay. his. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. he's, he's my, my Crawford. But again, we said um, there's a guy. I'm asking the opposite. The guy who, if the Cubs take at seven, you're like, Ugh. yeah. I mean, if the Cubs, if the Cubs go out and they snag, uh, let's see. Here's a guy that's. I mean, I'm just look around real quick. I can't really judge most of these high school kids. So, like, but, what do you think about Brooks Lee? That, that's a guy I've seen. Some, like, just you know, Twitter talk. I have no idea. But Brooks Lee is a guy who see. I've seen some fans be like, yeah, that'd be good. Other people like, like, no, stay away. No. I would be very fine. Be, if Collier is available and they take Brooks Lee, I might be a little disappointed, but Brooks Lee has been projected as a one as, as high as a one and then as low as a 10, but he has the mm -hmm. best pure hitter. Brooks Lee's apparently his bat is considered to be the, he had a, he had a two to one walk to strikeout or a two to 2.0 walk to strikeout rate all season for, mm -hmm. for Cal Poly. Um, he's a really good bat. Um, he's not a long-term shortstop. He's a quick runner. He's got fast. He's probably a projectable third baseman. But I mean, if the Cubs got Brooks Lee, I'm not going to cry at all. I mean, I I think behind you know you got behind Drew Jones, Johnson, Holiday, and Collier, I think that Brooks Lee probably slots in for me as probably my fourth or fifth top prospect. So I think the Cubs would be getting value at that pick if he's there. Uh, two more, two more names. One, this guy I think has been like the fantasy for uh, Cubs fans who's been who's been following like mock drafts and just the entire draft process. I, at this point, I think there's no way he falls to seven, but there's been a lot of talk about uh, catcher Kevin Parada. Parada? Oh. You'll notice what do you I think about him? him? You'll, you'll notice I left him off my list. So you don't want him at all. So that's the guy if that's he falls. The guy. That's the guy. That's the guy that you don't it want was, at all. If he falls, I mean, that means that Collier, but I just over oh, Parada versus, uh, versus, you know, a Collier or Lesko? No, like, so like, what don't you like about what's? I just he's a, he's already a grown catcher. I mean, he's got some wear and tear already on that body. So like, they really don't know the mileage. I don't necessarily. I mean, the last catcher the Cubs drafted in the first round was Kyle Schwarber, and Kyle Schwarber turned out to be a great hitter, and he's probably got a pretty good bat. He walks well, oh, but I just remind me. I don't like his stance, and I don't think it translates to a good major league. I don't know. I, I have I have some severe question. I, I have maybe I'm out of line. I just have some severe question. Have you seen his stance? I, I, mean, I haven't seen his stance, but I, oh. I, obviously he put up big, huge numbers, and I, there are question marks if he could even stay a catch. I mean, it, it's like it kind of reminds us like of the shorter talk, where like big bat, can he still play at, at catcher at the major league level? But yeah. see if I can get up here. Let me see. I, see. Here we go. I got this. Okay, I found one. I'm gonna just gotta mute the. So for uh, this is this has been my draft analysis for the Cubs at number seven. You ready? You want to see this? Oh, go, yeah. Go ahead with the Kevin Prada catcher. Look at this. I mean, this is where my question mark is because how are you going to hit anything on on the inner half? But uh, this is this is the Prada guy. Uh, 
Where'd he go, Mister YouTube? Oh, that bad. Oh, is, is that where, what is that bad doing? <laughs> no, I mean, he gets he... the right spot, but yeah, why does he start? Whoa, buddy. he's open and you know he's coming in. For, for those that are here. listening to the podcast and not watching this, he basically <laughs> starts by scratching his ass with the bat. Now, <laughs> good job on him hitting a hanging curveball that looks like a freaking beach ball, but. That's an off-speed pitch. Like I, I think I, that's one thing where like an MLB team, like the developmental staff, can be like, hey, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah it's very noisy. Hey, Kevin Euclid had his whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the great guy to walk, so I mean that's I mean, that's the exception. Here you go. Like, I mean, he's he's where I mean, if you see the freeze frame, he's where he's supposed to be. Right. I mean, he, he is gets there. But can I, you do all that nonsense and let it translate against like Tanner said, everybody's but I think good. I think obviously he'll start in the minors. It's not like he's going to go draft MLB. Like I remember Anthony Rizzo when Anthony Rizzo wa- made his debut with the Cubs, and here he had, he had already played a little with the Padres. Anthony Rizzo's stance changed; it was completely different to what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. So, like stance, I get it. I mean, trust me, we all reacted to like, Ooh, "What is that?" <laughs> uh, but for me, I'm a big names guy. If I like your name, I think it's cool looking. That's how it's written. <laughs> I have one guy, Zach Nato. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Love that dude's name. I have no clue if he's going to be good or not. I, I mean, again, the only thing I'm reading is just like what other people have, you know, scouted from him. Love his name, though. Do you know his team mascot? <laughs> well, he's team a camel, right? Um, he's, he's the cam- they're the camels. His team right. mascot is a camel. The so, big thing on him was that, well, good arm, and he doesn't strike out much. So you got your Nick Magical replacement right there, too, because they keep pounding the low strikeout rate. So there you go. <laughs> yep. Um, two things, kind of not draft related, but uh, Adam Hogue just tweeted out a video of Jose Abreu and Liam Hendricks after the White Sox just won, and you would think they were leaving a funeral. <laughs> and he just said, it doesn't even, you could not tell that these guys just won a game. Um, I think that's where everyone sees is the problem. But two, and I want to talk about this because I tweeted about it like four times today. Can we talk about how awesome this home run derby is going to be? Oh, fantastic! Do you that see was one exception? Who? Pujols shouldn't be there. Pujols, I, bet you, I bet you he puts on a show. I be, although I will put, I will take the over whatever you want to put his home run total at. Either way, for his last year, the Pujols is getting screwed over. Like, Derek Jeter got this huge farewell tour, and Pujols is one of the best hitters of the past. Like, I don't mind, I don't mind Pujols in the All-Star game. Shit. So I'm glad, he's, I'm glad he's in the All-Star game. I'm glad he's doing the, doing the home run derby. He deserves a little recognition before. I hope the EMTs are in the dugout ready to go because this dude's going to be out of gas after. Oh no, that's that's fair. That that's fair. fair. That's fair. 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 I, he's going to put on a show. He's going to hit like his first absolute nukes in the first round. Yeah. And then but, you know what I'm mad though, though. I I do agree. Still in the tournament. <laughs> I'm glad that Acuna decided to be in it. But well, this is what you want the NBA dunk contest to be every year. You have the Schwarber. best players doing it. But did you see what Juan Soto said? Well, I'm sorry. One at a time. What although? Did you see what Juan Soto said? Huh. Juan Soto was like, I'm just trying to hit the longest opposite field home run. Why? That's not fun. I don't know. He just like, I'm like, yeah, hitting home runs is cool. uh, What's his face? The dude that used to be a a crackhead, and then he played for the Rangers. Oh, Josh. Josh Didn't he hit an absolute like opposite field nuke in Yankee Stadium during that home run derby when he put on that clinic? That's the thing. I don't care if you're if you hit the longest opposite field home run, Juan Soto, I just want you to hit a lot of home runs. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to see bombs too. I want so to I see feel like that's going to hurt his number. Look, I, don't like him is I don't very... think he's going to go up there with the approach that I'm taking it to right field. Like, I, or opposite. I don't field. know, Mitch. He's crazy. It, it, this is all for not. Cause Kyle Schwarber <laughs> is going to win the, the home run derby. He's going to win. Run. Run. He should have won it last time. You cannot count out Pete Alonzo. Yeah, oh, that's I right. Fuck. Good too, but I'm just saying Schwarber last time should have won the home run derby, but for some reason when Bryce was hitting, his dad didn't have to wait till the ball came down. So Bryce oh, got three, four, five. Ex- oh, because it was Austria, it was in DC too, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, or uh, or was. Philly, or Philly or DC yeah, or whatever. It was Washington, DC. And I think it was his last year in Washington. Yeah, I remember I was so livid. I, we were we were we were actually on a, tr- a work trip uh, with my fiance's company in uh, Temecula, 
and I had a little, I had been grilling and had a little bit too much vino by the fire. And when every time that Bryce Harper, like they made, they made, remember, because they would stop Schwarber. They'd be like, stop, wait, wait. And then Bryce would be going, and, and, and Ron Harper's just out there, just doop, 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 doop. He's like, it was like an iron mic. There was no weight. The ball's in the air, next pitch, ball's in the air, and they were fine with it. And he beat what? He beat Schwarber by what? Was it one? I think it was one, yeah, wasn't it? It was like the walk off. Yeah, yeah it was right at the swing, end, too. And so, swing off. Schwarber really plays well for that. I, again, so does obviously uh, um, Alonzo. Alonzo over in New York. But I, I love Schwarber for this one because he's lefty. And I feel like it's easier for lefties in these home run derbies than it is for a righty. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just superstitious. I, absolutely. I absolutely love that the kid from uh, Seattle. Julio Rodriguez. Yes, that was the other. I jumped in. It's pretty fun. That's, that's, that's probably better than the All Star game. Let's be honest. That's, that's a, yeah, I, I don't. I can't remember. Probably since I was a kid and like Griffey Jr. and all those guys were doing it, uh, a home run derby I was more excited for. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I like it. Mean, it's been cool. Well, you know what it is though, too. Like you have you haven't really had a lot of a lot of Sox guys do it recently. When Todd Frazier was in it, I was pretty hyped. Because I was gonna say, like I've been as a Cubs fan when, like you know, there was the year that Rizzo and Schwarber did it, or Rizzo and Bryant. Yeah. uh, You know, when KB has dad out there, right? Is that something for him? Yeah. Uh, And then Schwarber. Mike almost died. Yeah, he did not look. (laughs) He looked like two holes. We'll probably look after his first round. Like, well, yeah, no, I think for the Derby, if you don't have the big names, if you don't have your guy, yeah, it is a little underwhelming. How, well, just, yeah, yeah you're, you're watching Trey Mancini take batting practice. Oh, but, my God. You know, I, you know, know Trey Mancini, also, you know, but it's not as exciting yeah. as watching Juan Soto. This would be fun for Patrick Wisdom. I'm not going to yes. lie. This is what, what I want to see Patrick Wisdom in. Like, this this would be fun. Like, I, I, would, I would love to watch that. Uh, Yumper has a question he said does Rizzo make the all-star team as a replacement probably sure. not because Jose Abreu is better <laughs> uh sure I mean I have I honestly haven't seen the numbers I I don't I don't put a lot of attention to the all-star stuff I, yeah I mean you want to bring the days off so oh and I forgot Jose Ramirez joined the all-star der- or the home run derby too oh there you go there you go well, yeah. he hasn't hit one. He's only hit one like in the past month. They said the and switch hitters don't normally do too well in the derby. Mm. I think the last switch hitter that did well in the derby was like Lance Berkman. Well, didn't the what was his name from Philly? Uh, the Phillies, uh, Bobby Abreu, didn't he win it one year? No, well, he wasn't a switch hitter, was he? No, I don't think he was a switch hitter. No, I think so. no switch hitters stereotypically do not do well in home run derby. I mean, Jose Ramirez is a special breed of fucking baseball player. Yeah. So corners. So Alonzo, Alonzo, Harper, Judge, Stanton, Frazier, Cespedes, Cespedes, Prince Fielder, Cano, Ortiz, Fielder, Morno, Guerrero. A lot of lefties. No Here. switch hitters, though. No, no switch hitters. A lot of lefties. Yeah, a lot, a lot of lefties. Well, I guess it's been the recent guys, right? Alonzo, Judge, Judge. It depends on the park, though. And Dodger Stadium is one of those generic. It's even all the way across. Right so it doesn't really. Dodger Stadium to the right field corner is it has that little bang. tiny little little fucking gate like it's uh, specs. Hold on, specs or, uh, it's relatively what? symmetrical all yeah. the way around yeah. though. Like it's, it's not like a huge advantage. Yeah, the only yeah, it's just the short wall. But I think there's a short wall it's, in left field too. It's three thirty um, to both. Yeah, it's three thirty to both, and then the fence is only four feet high. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that way. Like all the way all the way around. Because I know Walter O'Malley, like the, when he founded the team, he was like, oh, he's into symmetry. He wanted to be as symmetrical as possible when he built that stadium. So you got 330 to the left, 385 to the gaps. So the power alleys are 385. Dead center, 395, which is not super. I mean, that's no. no. And so from bullpen to bullpen, which is not the left field and the right field corner, right? Like I said, the right, I was wrong. It's four and a half feet, the fence, um, 55 inches high in the corners. Uh, and then when you go bullpen to bullpen, it's eight feet high fence. So it's really. I mean, it's almost like a video game, generic video game dimension right that's, there. But yeah, that's, that's low port. Yeah. In right and left field, though, someone can hit a pisser and that's, think it's still clear of the fence. That's the well, big part. Pete Alonzo, his swing is just built for this, though. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So I it's mean, though. So it's Schwarbers. That's true. It should be, it, it's going to be a great derby. I'm going to be pissed off if yeah. they're somehow on the same side of the bracket, like yeah. early on. They should be um, really. Yeah. yeah. Be don't like, what was, remember last year was stupid, too. I forget who was like facing Laddie. off in the first round. 
wasn't it like Vladdy and someone else, and they had that like epic showdown? Yeah, and it's like and then it was in the I'm second round, and then it's, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Because meanwhile, I'm sitting here. Otani's pumping 101 in the third inning after he just hit a fucking missile down the line too. Like, oh, that's what it was. By the way, Vlad hit 40 in the second round. Jock hit 39. There was it was Vladdy and Jock. Yeah. Although Juan Soto and and Alonzo both hit 35 and 31 in the first round. That's what it was. It was Soto versus Alonzo in the first round. It's like, come on. Jock's another guy who's got a great swing for a home run derby. Uh Yep. Yeah. I mean, you want guys that have like that short compact like just power swing vlad jr hit 91 homers in 2019 lost alonzo in last year hit 74 yeah i remember that vladdy one that was amazing <sighs> that's just like everything that the next close swing off kind of helped that though yeah do you guys that like the new time format the, like to a, how it used to be yeah right is that, what, is that the for, is, do we know that's the format they're using this year the four and a half minutes? I think so. Who do you guys think, ranking-wise, most teams that boast the most home run derby winners from the franchise? What do you guys think? Yankees. Yankees? Okay, Yankees are number one with four. 1997, 2002, 2011, 2017. Well, the Mets got to be up there because they got the last two. Yeah, that puts them in. They're tied for second with a couple others. Yeah, The Cubs? Uh, they got Cubs? So so Cubs? 87, 90, and 2000. Yeah. The Mariners, Griffey, yeah, yeah. Mariners, ninety four, ninety eight, ninety nine. There's um, two that are you might not. It's actually Oakland. kind of Oakland. Oakland, Oakland. There you go, ninety two, two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen, and then there's one more. And this Texas. one, mm-mm. oh, uh, uh, Texas, not a bad bet. Um, San Francisco, St. Louis, mm-mm. The, it's a it, it's it's actually, it's a little shocking because. But now I know who it was in 89. Who? Who, who did it? Uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of- they were actually co-champions in 2000 or 1989 between Ruben Sierra from the Rangers and this player who was awesome. He actually swore at me when I was in high school. Jose Canseco? He yelled at him. Oakland? No, wait. What did he say Oakland? Canseco? No, but his teammate Damn. is the inspiration for my fantasy league team. In our fantasy team. Oh, man. Uh, your team's name. Chris Sabo's Rex Bex is my fantasy team. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I see that name all the time. Kevin, I'm like, I have no idea who this is. Cincinnati Reds, Eric Davis. In, in 1989, Eric Davis, the outfielder. Uh, but yeah, the Reds. The Reds have oh, one. the Reds. There in 2015. Go. Who was it in 2015? Todd Frazier. Uh, Todd Frazier. Oh, yeah, Frazier. Yeah. Okay. So, but that's the that wins by team. That's the three, and then you got Baltimore. And I just want Todd. It was Todd Frazier from the fucking clouds. Like nobody yeah. thought Todd yeah. Frazier was winning that home run. Ultimate long shot bet right there. Yeah. Then he was runner up the next year too. Yeah. No, he he showed up in home run derbies. That's for goddamn sure. I mean, maybe Hawk was right along better than Chris Bryant at home run derbies. That's what he was talking about. <laughs> maybe that's what he was talking about. Chris's swing's more exhausting in large large quantities. I like Chris's swing like. In controlled environments, I don't think home run derby plays well for Chris at all. Now I just keep thinking about that homeboy from the the Rangers. What that show he put on in oh. New York? Dude, that was he was hitting, fan, yeah. he was was, hitting uh, the back scoreboard. Like was he was almost putting them out of Yankee Stadium. He was just hitting fucking nukes, dude. That, that was, guy fell off the face of the planet, though. So that was the year that I actually I said I still have the text message somewhere. I I swear to God, I screenshotted it where I was texting KB because he was still in high school, and I'm like, hey. Look, it's 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 uh Josh Hamilton's American Legion baseball coach throwing the home run derby for him. He was the old guy, remember? He was old, old as hell. Mm-hmm. And I go, Well, you're in the home run derby one day. I guess I'll have to throw for you. He said, Sure, coach. I'm like, Yes. And then he picked his dad. And then he picked yeah, his dad. Suck it. No, you know, and I'm not a good I, I honestly I've I've grown to know that I'm not a home run derby pitcher. I have too much downward run. So I actually am a ground ball pitcher. Kevin's out there throwing sinkers, like <laughs> I'm out there, I'm like fucking I dose him. Get off the plate, you know. <laughs> Stop. Wait, Kevin, give us the inside scoop. So what was KB's dad's reaction after the entire night? Did he feel bad or was he just I, like... I think uh, he thought he was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had like EMTs on, on, on full boat alert. He was... he. That's his... I'm sure because I, I mean we know Mike likes it. Mike's excitable, energetic dude. He's got a million words come. I mean he makes me feel like I talk like a sloth when we're hanging out because he's even more talkative. And Mike 
probably had nothing. He was like speechless. Here, here, here. Check this out. Hold on. I got to get it set up a little bit better. I mean, he looked like that's as tired as I've ever seen Mike look. And I've seen him in 120 degrees after a double header. So he looked dead. And that was for like, the, that's awesome, yeah. For the couple of you that are still watching this show, just in case you were either not old enough or don't remember. This Look at his old coach, dude. He's old. He hits this ball 502 feet. Pink. <laughs> That's the last that hit off back here. Carlos Zambrano. Amazing. But look at his look at his look at that old dude. This is the, the kicker. This old dude was fine. He threw the whole time for Josh Hamilton. And the dude had to be, I mean, go again, go back to look at look at the dude throwing real quick. If Hold you can on, get a replay. Please show it because you, when you see this dude, 502 like, feet, dude. This guy's like, a million years old. Coach Council is old. Like it's his American Legion coach, and he's out there throwing just look at look at look, look how old he is. See? But good for him, man. Some Any relation to Craig? That's insane. <laughs> 502 feet hits that's a bomb. back wall in Yankee Stadium. That's insane. Yeah, that's going to be Dodger Stadium. You can leave the yard there too. So there's going to be some balls that if you've ever done home run derby on like your your video games, I've done it a few times where you're like, oh, and you hit a bomb because it has those that weird like canopy that kind of has like they're all like triangles yeah. all around. But you can, I mean, probably my best experience at Dodger Stadium was actually when I went to go see the Cubs play, and I was there for the uh, the Joey Cora at bat. Where he fouled oh, off. I, like I, went 17 a, pitch I went and I, got a snack. I got beer and a hot dog. Came back. He was still hitting. And then he hit the home run. I've never been to Dodger Stadium. Is it as huge of a pain in the ass to get in and out of as people yeah, say it is? Yeah. It's not hard getting in. It's hard getting out. Getting in is not hard. You go to Philippe's, go get a go get a Ain't French that the truth? And then, yeah, leaving, 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 just might as well just sit in your car and throw on. That's where the post game with, uh, um, with what's his name is just hypnotic almost. Um, who broadcaster for the Dodgers? Scully. Uh, Charlie Stein and Scully. Vince Scully, like uh, you could just sit in your car for two hours because you're not going anywhere. Just listen to Scully, and then you know, I mean, it's it's a zoo. Is that and why people fight so much there? Probably. They're just like, oh, well, it's quicker to get out of here in a police car. I mean, I I, I saw Dodger fans boo like a, a three year old girl that was wearing Ooh. a Cubs uh, jersey. So that so was there's weird. a there's a pretty good fight in the stands in uh, the Bronx tonight. Oh, actual punches landed like this wasn't just two fat guys falling over chairs wait this is, is it actually... yankees fans fighting yankees fans aren't they playing the reds Ooh. it's two yeah. yankees fans fighting each other and that that, that first that's a good pop to it okay Let's see if i can find it Ooh. oh yeah it's a good pop should i share my screen you guys want to see it let's see it yeah let's oh it was water at him someone did the water throw too yeah, like the corner man, like the corner man in like Rocky Three. That initial though, that was oh. uh, that was a good oh, pop. He's doing, the, he's doing the he's doing the 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 gorilla punch too. Now he's got a guy down. And he's punching like he's like stamping envelopes or something. Here we go. Watch. Uh, it's these two right here, but this guy on the right throws the first punch. Flips the hat. Chink. Oh. 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 Chin checked him. He wow. took it though and threw yeah, three he, of he his own. It. He took it. He almost did like the hockey thing, like What's grabbed the jersey right? over his head. And... Yep. Dude, Man, this you guy's know? going hammer punches. Damn, here is my stamp. Round and pound. That dude's like, I'm getting out of here. This bro's like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to him real quick and just hold on. No, 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 no. But I like the hat pop first and then boom, chin check. And homeboy took it and then he just fed him two biscuits and a pie piece. Woo. Watch the guy coming out though. I like the guy. I like the wobble guy that comes out in the Yankees jersey. His face well, is I all think red. The guy just eating these hammer punches. Oh yeah, that's him. Okay. Oh, this guy gets up yeah, and he's just like, uh, he's smart though. He's like, yeah, I'm not getting arrested. I'm out of here. And then homeboy here with the credit card clip on his phone, just taking that stellar video right there. I want to that guy's footage. Oh, but I'll give this guy in the green jersey. He took a chin. Like, Man, he just took it. And he's walking away. He's still talking shit. Security's escorting him out. The hat flip is classic, though. That hat yeah. flip was beautiful. Was that Drake? Kind of a little <laughs> drizzy. <laughs> that, was, that was a decent fight. Decent scrap. Usually these baseball fights is two fat guys falling over seats. 
But that, <laughs> was a decent, that was a decent tilt. Oh, Alex Cora. Yeah, I said Joey Cora earlier. Alex Cora on that uh, longer bat. Thanks, Jump. All right. Yeah. You guys got anything else here? I just looking forward to next week. We're going to have some really cool guests on next week uh, to join us here. We've got a couple of personalities from both White Sox and Cubs farm system. So we're going to have Greg Huss, uh, who, who, if you know him, he's out of the vines. Uh, Greg, I believe he writes for Real Cubs Insider. Uh, he also has the Growing Cubs podcast. North, uh, North side bound. North side bound, right. And then we're going to have Dan Victor, uh, who also is a guy that actually, he actually was doing a lot of background research on Tanner before the draft. He's actually spoken with the McDougals quite a bit, but Dan does daily White Sox. He's a really uh, well-known. He knows a, a ton about the, the White Sox organization below the major league level. So we're going to have some really cool guests post-draft helping fill us in on where do these guys that have been taken in this new draft slot in after the draft to the White Sox and the Cubs organization. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Those guys are, they know their shit. Yeah. NASCAR Mitch, anything going on, bud? <laughs> I mean, I could give you the weekly NASCAR rundown, but I feel like no one wants to hear that. So. Wait, no, right, who, 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 who were last week's winners? Uh, it was, yes, clown Chase one. Elliott, the guy that yeah. I was talking shit about uh, on the broadcast. He heard you. He heard you, man. Pinwheels he did. Bump, he dude, did. It, it trickles into NASCAR. Pinwheels was, bump. Yeah, it was bogus. <laughs> He, he robbed this guy, Corey LaJoy. He was on this like tiny little team that he's never won a race before. He's been in like the cup series for a while now. And he had, a, he was had a chance to win and he got passed in the last lap. And it was very disheartening, but you know, what oh, are you going to do? I was, although I was hot, I, I, know, I, I was hot, you. dude. I was so oh. mad. Burning up. The there was some drama too. Uh, Big drama. Uh, Denny Hamlin, who owns a team with Michael Jordan. Uh, fuck that. But he drives for another team. It's weird because he owns a NASCAR team, but then he drives for Joe Gibbs, the former coach of the uh, Washington uh, Redskins. Uh, His duality always bugs me. There there you go. But he got uh, wrecked by this guy, Ross Chastain, who drives for Pitbull's team, the the pop sensation. It's the second time this year he's gotten wrecked, so he's vowing revenge. So, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of of team going on in the NASCAR world. Dale. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Yo, I need MLB owners to be, like, just this random. That would like, be like enough. It is wild. The star power is insane. Mike Trout, Mike Trout owns the Marlins, plays for the Angels. Like, <laughs> right. It's the general manager for the Diamondbacks. It's like really the hard. closest thing is like Patrick Mahomes owns part of the Royals. That's like the yeah. only interesting. Yeah. It's that just goes to show how much money these owners actually have. That the best athletes alive are able to be like maybe like I get a one percent interest in this company. Yeah. People, well, remember when people went nuts when Jay Z. Bought part of the Brooklyn Nuts. Yeah, he owned like a half a percent. Yeah, of it was like Brooklyn one. Probably, yeah, half a it, percent. It's so funny much. too. Like the way the way Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, like their team came to be, because like Michael, like they he lives in Charlotte, Denny Hamlin. So obviously Michael Jordan's down there, and they were like friends. And someone wrote like a fake article, like, "Oh, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan started a NASCAR team." So Denny Hamlin sent it to him as a joke, and Michael Jordan's like, "Fuck it, like you want to do it?" And so they bought a NASCAR team after. Yeah. Jordan Jordan reached into his couch cushions. Yeah, and he's like, eh, <laughs> so yeah got is this enough? Like, here's yeah. a couple hundred million laying around. Is this good? Yeah, enough? I, I think, think I just... got it in my my golf bag after last round yeah. with Barkley. And that was talking NASCAR with NASCAR Mitch. I think there that's a new closing segment on every show. I love it. I hate that that's my name now, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, if you don't, if you generally hey, it don't is like what it, it is, man. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's, a, now. it's a weekly segment where we talk in circles. As yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Ooh, hi, oh, we're over the two hour mark. We are. That is it. We're done bogging we are, the podcast out with NASCAR. These people, I mean, are, no one's listening at this point. So you we know. are dangerously close to 108 territory with the length <laughs> of these podcasts lately. But it's just a lot of shit going on right now, which is great. It's better than COVID lockouts or whatever, and us talking about concession stand food or some shit like that. So <laughs> definitely pay attention to our Twitters on draft day, though, because I'm sure we'll have some 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 yeah. discussions. That that's going to be an issue. Just the first the first. Yep, and here we go, White Sox. Four games. This these four games. I I can't remember a time where four games in July determine the way that a season goes as much as this for the White Sox. Because yeah. On that note, too, the Cubs are only. Uh, oh no, Washington! Thank goodness for the Nationals. Thank God for the Washington Nationals. God bless them. They're so bad. 
that they are actually almost, they are five and a half games or four and a half games back of even Cincinnati at this point. They've lost. I'm going to retweet it now. I'm not going to share my screen again because the, the, the shit gets, goes too slow. But so tonight in the game, the uh, Indians do, Class A was pitching. Pollock fouls it off. It drills the Indians catcher or the Guardian shit. The Guardians catcher on the side of the face. And they're showing this guy on all fours, just like trying to figure out what world he's in right now. And in the background, there's this three like white dudes high-fiving, going crazy because they got the ball. It is probably one of the most <laughs> these guys look like the biggest assholes I've ever seen in my life. I just I just retweeted it. Oh my god. It, yeah, definitely watch this video. I've never seen these guys look like such assholes. This is fantastic. <laughs> this, is just, this is glorious. Oh man, catcher well, is just like trying to and these breathe. guys with the big old beer bellies and like the overpriced polos. <laughs> they jumping all over. Doing the, the catcher sitting here trying to tell him that his mouth tastes like October. <laughs> and these guys are sitting there high five and going nuts. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh no. Oh, this so dude, the bad. high five, the putting the ball. And then he's the holding up the ball. Yeah. <laughs> this is so bad. This oh. is acting like he caught like the like a walk up home run in Game Seven of the World Series as like the starting catcher like is concussed. I'm yeah, like, seriously, they have, all. Like they his, asked them how many fingers they had up, and the catcher said like November. And this guy's in the background slapping. Yeah, I paid four grand for these seats. That guy's dead, but I got a ball. Oh my god. Okay, we're ending on that note because that it's not going to get better than that. So. For NASCAR Mitch, Aldo, Fids, Amzo, uh, thanks again to Tanner. Guys, go follow him. We'll tweet out his uh, McDoodle underscore Tanner. Yeah, we'll get the, we got to get those Twitter numbers up for my guy. We got to get him in the top hundo too, so he can get that blue check mark. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And as Fitz said, stay close to Twitter uh, for all draft day hoopla Sunday hoopla. Rebuild of the favorites, we here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side, not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams, both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball, but we don't pull the wrong strings. Yeah, <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood, discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be, this is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah, this is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change.